0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined as always by Scott of VectorSigma.info. And Scott, it's. Uh, I thought we were going to get a, at least a brief respite from all the spoilers, but we're pretty close to where we were last time. And there's some other exciting news that we're going to get to very shortly. So are you are you strapped in and ready to go?
1: yep just like last
0: time <laughs> i hope everybody's prepared because uh i got a little bit of caffeine got my Darkwing duck cup for good luck i guess uh and we're gonna dive right into it with some rather exciting news that actually only came up within the last day as of recording maybe two days this week has been kind of a blur for me outside of transformer so it's a little bit messy uh but what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the Pro Play Tour uh, is now going to be introducing the Transformers TCG, which is really exciting. Now, Scott, you have a whole lot more information than I do about this. I was, I'm learning about it as things are coming out. It looks like there's four events here. It's not just a singular one. It's a series of qualifiers, but there is going to be an Energon Invitational qualifier included among this. Is that accurate?
1: Uh, for definitely for the Columbus one, I'm not sure about the the one after that.
0: The one in November.
1: Yeah, obviously the one in December. No, but right,
0: uh, unless it, um, unless it's next year, I guess. But yeah, I get what you're yeah, saying.
1: <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. Um. So there's four events leading up to well, there's four total events that basically uh, Pro Player Games is a uh, tournament organizer company uh, with events in other TCGs mostly in uh, Dragon Ball Super, Yu-Gi-Oh, Vanguard, and they've taken on uh, Transformers as a game. George Machado, he actually played at Gen Con. He's the owner. He top 32 to Gen Con. Um, His store's in Miami, Pro Player Games. That's where it originated from. And basically, they're just... They're essentially... I don't know what you want to call them, like uh, weekend-long game fests in the different games, and they've adopted Transformers as one of the games that they're going to be supporting.
0: So, I Think of a, a mini convention, but specifically a tournament hall focus, I guess.
1: Yeah, like um, a large, Like I mean, I think, I think the way it works is each game has like one large thing every weekend and then a bunch of other stuff. So, I mean, you could go there just to play whatever you're there to play, or if you play multiple games, you could play multiple games.
0: Right. That sounds really exciting that we're getting some, because we've, it, let me take a step back. We've, we've obviously gotten a lot of push from third parties before. I mean, in our local area and a number of other areas, there there are stores that are running localized case tournaments or other events. I know the wreck uh, and Rule guys have their weeklies. Uh, we've obviously participated in a number of events, including all the way back, the charity event going back to last year as well as all the case tournaments. Then we had Wizards step in officially, and, well, we have the whole Energon Invitational series that we're we're still... Well, by the time this goes live, we'll be... Well, I was going to say we're done, but not quite based on this announcement. Uh, But it's exciting to see these larger third parties step in, that it's encouraging on a number of fronts, Because other people are seeing what's going on. Clearly, there's an interest, whether it came from the top down, since, as you mentioned, the organizer for this was playing the game, or whether it came from a groundswell up, or whether it was both. Bottom line is is that we're getting more events, and they're building towards another high-profile event.
1: Right. And I know, know at least for this, I'll just call it a season, because I just don't know what else to call it. Um...
0: Makes as much sense it, as anything else.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it culminates in a player's championship in January. I'm not sure if that's quarterly or if that's annually or if that's semi-annually, like how often those mm. championship-level events are. But um, the the championship-level event, which is in January in Orlando, uh, is what basically the top eight of the first three events, so one in Columbus, one in... Dallas um, and Las Vegas. Yep. Yep. So the top eight from all three of those will, will be qualified for the event in Orlando. Um, And then in Orlando, I believe it's a, it's a three day event. So it's Friday, Saturday and Sunday. The actual invited event will take place on Sunday. Okay. Uh, Friday will be the, um, the last chance qualifiers. And there'll be multiple of them that are going to be firing on Friday. And then Saturday, they're still working out the logistics as to whether or not there will be additional last chance qualifiers on Saturday or whether there just be some kind of other side event. So there will be a weekend long ability to play transformers regardless. I mean, awesome. Starting on Friday, of course, but well, um, yes. Yeah. So uh, obviously depending on how many of the last chance qualifiers there actually are, will determine that to you know that plus the other three times eight will be the number of players invited to the sunday event but um it is the sunday event is invite only but there are going to be chances quote on site to qualify for it Mm. so um you just have to make like you just can't show up on sunday and do it you have to be qualified you have to play at minimum on friday and i'm we're not sure about saturday yet. once the, the information comes out you know we'll pass it on as best as possible
0: Definitely. Yeah. There's, I may have to change some, uh, end of the year plans have to change maybe some early, uh, 2020 plans for, uh, trying to, to make it out to these. Cause it, it's definitely something I want to support. If you're able to, I definitely suggest making a trip out to these because I, uh, not to be a broken record, but encouraging these sort of things by, you know, attending is very important to show the support and that, this is a viable path for everybody involved. I, I'm personally not too familiar with PPG myself. I've never been to one of their events, but I certainly want to try and make an effort given the opportunity. And we'll we'll see how the remainder of the year wraps up. It, Scott, has there been any indication? And again, this is my own ignorance. So I'm I'm uh, in the dark on this one. Has there been any indication of format since we got the Energon Invitational is now a a split format event? Has there been any talk for these that there will be sealed? It is strictly constructed or anything along those lines? I think it's strictly
1: constructed, yeah.
0: Okay. Which is, there's your chance if you either didn't make it out to the Energon Invitational or if you didn't, maybe you want a second crack at it. <laughs> there's another opportunity to play in a a larger profile event, especially because it's on the, the opposite end of the year from the Gen Con's, the Origins, that you know maybe real life makes it so that... That is your window. Yeah, and I'm anticipating
1: past January there will be additional events that will be uh, placed out there. I'm, oh, I'm sure yeah. they already have their schedule, but it seems like it's once a month large events in different cities. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I'm sure people travel a decent amount to get to whatever the whatever the game is in their area. Right. Um, I'm just. I, I know that they pretty much do it up and down. The East Coast. Like there was one in Philadelphia where we live obviously. Like yeah. I wanna say last month or the month before. Like nice. wherever the well, September, so yeah. So this month actually, like earlier in this month. Um right. but it seems to be pretty much up and down the East Coast. Like I know they were at like um the big anime convention in, in Maryland. They've been in um at other larger like events that would pull in that type of crowd for whatever game they're 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 supporting at the time.
0: I mean, it, it's it's great news all around that this sort of thing is going to exist, and I hope that everybody that has the opportunity is going to support it in whatever capacity they can. I'm especially looking forward to more information, because as I said, since the Enderjohn Invitational is both going to overlap a bit with this schedule, but also inform this player's championship there's a lot of information gathering that can go on as to, you know, how the meta is sh- shaping up. I know that that sounds a little weird when we're talking about all this stuff, but it is exciting to me to to analyze some of these things as well. That's part of the fun of playing these games. So more data makes it more interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. All right, any other thoughts on this, Scott? Any, any details we may have missed where I didn't give you the opportunity to get out there for this?
1: there's a facebook page so you can check that out um you can see the posts on um we'll put them in the description below but also um you can see the posts on the main transformers facebook group as well as um there's links there to the main ppg uh uh, i guess like their tournament site or whatever um Mm -hmm. not every not every one of the four of
0: Uh-oh, I think I lost Scott momentarily. He may have hit the Wi-Fi barrier there, folks. But uh real quick, what are you following up on is if you check the official Transformers TCG Twitter account or Facebook page, they have reposted and retweeted as applicable the contact info and webpage and some additional details about the PPG Pro Play Tour. And as I said, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to hearing everyone's experiences from this event since it's Really, the first major third party in this scale, Scott will probably correct me on that when we finally get there, but uh, we're going to give him a minute just to try and reconnect here before we continue. I'm back. I don't know what happened. That's all right. Uh, I I covered a little bit for you. It was mostly just explaining the uh, the official first party retweets and reposts both on Facebook and on the official Twitter account about where to find the all the information about the pro play tour and PPG in general, I guess. I don't know. Did he drop out immediately again? He did, man, this is going to be one of those nights. (laughs) If we got a lot to get through, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with this thing. I don't get it. It's no bueno. This is going to be awkward. I don't know. It's fine. That's all right. I'll just have a lot of editing to do. This is going to be a very, Mm -hmm. uh, very busy weekend, very quickly. So, uh, I'm looking at chat. I see somebody with the prefix PPG in their name in chat. So if, if that's you guys, shout out and thank you. Um, but anyway, uh, while we have you, Scott, any other real quick thoughts before we lose you on PPG? But and we move into the spoilers.
1: No, it's it's a good thing. I I just I hope that people that I hope once it gets you know as best as possible. I think there's going to be growing pains through it, but I think um, of course. I think once people start to understand, I think you know it'll draw in players from from different areas that will want to qualify. Because in the end, again, I don't know what the what the final schedule is going to be in terms of like how many of these events lead to another one. But but in the end, it's going to be limited chances to qualify no matter how you slice it. So of course, um, if you want to play in them, uh, you're going to have to. If it's not in your backyard, you're probably just going to have to travel. So I think people are just going to have to. Um, get used to that. It's more like having a convention every month that you could go to. So,
0: Well, and that that's part of the excitement is that you do get that pseudo-convention feel, even if it isn't you know, Gen Con with <laughs> almost six figures of unique people. But you still get a large tournament. There's a lot of people there all excited to play cards. And it, it's a very unique feeling walking into that as compared to, you know, your locals where... Okay, even if you hit double digit people, it's still a different atmosphere. And for me at least, and I think I'm I can say this for you, Scott, that that's part of the fun is being in those larger events. Yeah, definitely. So uh, again, not a broken record, but we're getting there. Uh, definitely head, check this out. Again, you can see it on the official Transformers TCG Twitter accounts, Facebook. they they linked everything to the PPG site. Uh, They have some more info there, and as Scott mentioned earlier, we're of course going to be bringing it up in the future as we come closer to this event. By the time you're hearing this, the very first one on October 13th is not very far away. Right. So, um, I think that'll do it for this one, and then we're going to move into spoilers. Now again, we're going to split this up, so we're just talking about the bots for now. Stay tuned for our future episode where we're going to go into the battle cards, but We're going to start with, again, pseudo um, alphabetical order because I was just being a little lazy with the titles. So (laughs) we're talking about Raider Brunt, even though he's, you know, Raider, he should fall later in the alphabet. But Brunt is our first one up. Uh, Before we get into the actual card text, thoughts on the mechanic of now we have split characters, Scott? Any any initial things between Brunt and Six-Gun on that front?
1: No, it's good. It's I mean, you get a lot of value out of them. So,
0: absolutely. Um, since we're looking at limited, I guess just to throw it out there, yes, you know, sometimes you might you might open half or or half of each, and then have have an unfortunate time. But to be perfectly honest, I'm of the opinion that, and Scott, correct me if you feel otherwise, but is is that really significantly worse than just opening a terrible character? No. I mean, if the guy's unplayable, so, I mean, this is literally unplayable. I guess technically you could play a bad character, but if they're that bad, (laughs) it's the same difference. So I don't think it's the end of the world.
1: No, and, and the... I mean, there's virtually no chance in three... Like, if you're playing the three and three format that you would get both halves because they're uncommon oh, to begin yeah. they're uncommon to begin with mm. in the distribution of like a micromaster is considered common This is considered uncommon so you're I guess whatever three times as likely to get a micromaster than you are to get any battle master to begin with and then these guys you would only have a chance of getting one of however many there are and only half of it so like the chance of you getting both halves is virtually zero. Yeah,
0: I, packs, so. I'm just throwing it out there mostly for the statistical improbability laughs. And uh, now that I've set, put it out there into the world, I'm sure that's will will happen to me at PAX because that's how it goes. But <laughs> uh, as to the actual card, he's a and I'm going to try and run through this real quick. Eleven star, three ten two in bot mode. Each enemy's bold total and tough total can't be more than one. Uh, Then when he croaks, oh, he's ranged. Sorry, throwing that out there and he's a weaponizer. When he switches over to his other side as a weapon, uh, he gives bold one plus three attack and then has the usual if it would leave the battlefield, it dies. And then the armor side grants tough one and plus two defense. I can't get any of that out, apparently. Uh, That's a lot of stuff, but Eleven stars for a three ten two to start. Does that concern you at all, Scott?
1: It doesn't concern me about its playability as long as you could find partners for it because I think the weapon and armor sides are just extremely powerful. I mean, these are. I think his weapon is arguably. Like, I mean, it's definitely the most powerful from a like pure stat perspective. Like you don't have to, you know, pitch cards or worry about it being random. Gyros. Draws with bold, yeah, or, or yeah, getting hurt by those kind of things. I mean, just having three bold one is pretty powerful, and then a two-armor tough one is really powerful. So I think his star cost is based on the power level of the, um, the upgrades that he becomes, but at the same time, his bot text is relevant. I mean, we've seen a lot of bold and tough exist in the environment.
0: So I, I had a question for you on that front specifically. Going back to the the spheres theory, um, if you are three wide, which presumably this guy is going to be, I mean, you could hypothetically do five five four, but I I'm not sure if that's really the way you want to go with this. Do you think that interfering with opposing bold and tough is enough to break the usual relationship of three wide losing to four wide aggro, for example?
1: If, um, if the decks you're facing off against uh, rely on them, like, I can see him...
0: I mean, yes, if the if the text is blank, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it probably is not going to make too much of a difference.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like, if you're playing against, um, well, four wide aggro beats three wide aggro, so I don't think you're, you're, you mean if you, if... Prunc's I'm saying, yeah, if you wide.
0: are the, if you are the three wide and one of your three is brunt because you are turning off the opposing bold. Now the existing four wides that we're thinking about bugs, say blaster, they do have bold features, but not, they're not bold decks for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, so I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference, but I know not everybody feels the same way that you and I might about bold. So I'm trying to to find another angle. Oh God.
1: There's, there's certainly lists that rely on it much more than decks that we seem to build do. Mm. Um, but so I think it would definitely hurt those decks. Like, um, the ones that are traditionally trying to rely on that. You can really hurt. I mean, like you can definitely hurt a deck that plays like a bunch of supercharges and, 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 you know, power punches and stuff that we tend not to play. Right. Um, for specifically these reasons, um, so you're definitely, you can hurt those decks. Um, but at the same time, you're not really hurting that many of the bots that exist in these decks. That's part of the problem. Right. So I don't, so you're not really doing much in terms of that. But I, but I think that, I think there are other ways that this would help. Like, you know,
0: this would... Well, the plus two armor can chain make a difference in the number of attacks that are required to KO your guys. I mean, I think, yeah, I just think where this could fit in,
1: too specific like three wide on three wide like if they're playing wheeljack or something like you pretty much just shut him down right you know, you're you're shut- I mean, much I less
0: impressive <laughs>
1: yeah i mean you're shutting down like skydive you're shutting down um there's a lot of characters that see play now that i think you're 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 affecting tremendously and and to me i think you're really he you really affects what I consider to be mostly inefficient battle cards that people are playing. So I, I don't know if he does see a lot of use. I think it'll probably be out of the sideboard just because I don't know how much how many of those decks you're going to be guaranteed to see game one. But I think other games he's definitely going to. Yeah,
0: play. I'd be very curious to see the deck he's boarded in. The reason I say that is obviously eleven stars is kind of prohibitive. Uh, there's the obvious swaps at 11 that people can probably think of, but the question is, do you want to make that change, and is your deck configured in a way that, as compared to, say, Fire Drive or Lionizer or any of the other Battlemasters, where you're incentivized to ko get your own guy KO'd quickly, clearly you are with Brunt, but he also provides protection for the remainder of your team, and he's also sturdier than those characters, so it may be more of a challenge outside of a Peace Through Tyranny scenario or involuntary promotion or whatever that he actually is KO'd at a time that you want.
1: He's a really good um, promotion target as well, just because his star cost basically yeah. should allow you to get back any Pretty of much the other anything, part. yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not a too wide deck, you should be able to get back any of the other characters. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think, mathematically, you have to. if you have Yeah, you, you you have to. If you have two other characters, he has to be able to sacrifice for you. Any, either one of the other two.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm very curious to see where Brunt ends up. I'm excited that he's getting two cards in the set, and one of them is uh, an actual Transformer as opposed to the drone version. Um, any other thoughts on Brunt before we move on, nope. Scott?
2: Mm-mm.
0: All right, so we'll move on to Sergeant Crosshairs. He is deceptively not a truck. Uh, I completely, I didn't even think to look at the tags. I was convinced he was a truck when I first saw him. Uh, so Sergeant Crosshairs is actually a tank. He's ranged in both modes. He is 10 stars, 512 one. He has two armor slots in both modes. Uh, and when you flip to alt mode, you can move two damage counters from this to one of your battle master characters in the Bot mode, he's six twelve zero, and while he has a Battlemaster upgrade, he has plus two defense. So, get it out of the way, we're getting a, a wider variety of tanks, as exciting as that is. Uh, I don't think, I don't know if tank tribal's there yet, but we're at least getting more options. But let me kick it to you, Scott. Is is doubling up on armor that exciting, or what? What part of this guy's card text are you actually excited about?
1: I mean, I think you have to play to that part of it. I think, that I, mm-hmm. but I think, I think the other part of it is that you have to. Um, uh, it's. I guess it's kind of like all of it in a way. Like, I mean, his star cost means that you're 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 basically. I mean, you have to play him with at least one battle map. Of course, out there.
0: Um, I kind of feel like he wants to. To be honest, but we'll get there.
1: <laughs> it's possible. I just don't I just don't know how if he'll be powerful enough at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it certainly can't hurt. Um, I mean definitely you would play quartermaster, for example. Right. Um I, I don't think you want to be left in a situation this is very similar to what we talked about with Astro Train last time we talked about characters, like you don't want to be in a situation where one removal card, you know, you're up a creep you yeah. lost yeah, lost two defense and whatever else he provided. Um, I like the two armor slots cause it means any of the armor battle masters now also have a home in addition to you playing armor in the deck.
0: And it gives so you that, that redundancy are, that everybody's looking for against bashing shields.
1: Right. And, and I think that's like part of the issue that you run into running the current battle masters that are just weapons are okay. Well, I don't really want to put, you have to make a decision as to where the, the weapons you actually play out of your hand go. Because right. you're eventually going to get one that has to that has to be played, and you don't really want to replace a very good weapon that you've already played with the Battle Master because it should be a better weapon than whatever you're, you're on there. But that's not always the case, technically. Right. Um, so I think there's that aspect of it as well. Um, the fact that he's a tank means Hunker Down is live, which means the double armor slot thing should always be live for Hunker Down. And you yep. have another armor equipped. So I really like that aspect of it as well.
0: Well. Um, Yes and no, because I don't have it in front of me, and I should have pulled that up, but I think Hunker Down just looks to see if you have an armor. So if you have one, I don't know if you can hunker down another one on there. Uh, I can look it up. I'd have to check, but uh, not to distract everything or derail everything with that. The point is, is that you could hunker down and then play another armor, too, if the sequence works that way for you. Um, rather than trying to exactly what you said, dance around the, li- the potential limitations there.
1: Yeah, freezer tanks that isn't upgraded with an armor. So okay, so you couldn't you couldn't have one on there and then get the second. But you're right, you just do it in the in the order where you hunker down first.
0: Right, and the fact that so your opponents are naturally incentivized not to punch your battle masters when they don't have to. The fact that he can move the damage to. The Battlemaster to either KO it to get it where it needs to be, or just as a a built-in heal, I think is pretty relevant. So if this guy is in a blue shell, and you pick an arbitrary weapon Battlemaster, whatever one happens to be appropriate, or what turns out to be appropriate... I don't think he's going to run into as much of an issue as we were talking about with Astrotrain, because it doesn't care, or he doesn't care. If you run in, a, a say, a two Battlemaster shell, he doesn't care what kind of Battlemaster is. If you get both of them on there, he still gets the plus two armor. If he has a plus three weapon Battlemaster, and this is where I was going with it, he's a 9-12-2, a and then potentially additional Battlemaster plus additional armor, you can You can go all in on this guy, it's just... My biggest issue is at 12 health, I don't know if it's worth the whole deck being built around him. Unless that two-armor turns out to, you know, just be overwhelming.
1: No, see, I think you need to build it to basically have... You basically need to be getting three to four-armor, preferably four-armor minimum, out of armors that you play on him and then get the plus two to get to like six armor.
0: So you're saying that's like a utility battle, ma- well, uh, e- even if you're not in a two shell, like a utility slash weapon battle master, maybe both, and then a bunch of extra armors.
1: And the hunker downs to get them if you don't draw them or right. the green ar- green armors, like whatever you're going to do. Like, I, yeah, that's the way, I, the way I see it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's going to need all the help he can get because he, despite all of the benefits defensively, I still feel like this guy's going to end up being potentially very fragile. Uh, I mean, zero defense, yes, you get all that extra stuff, but, you know, existing blue decks natively have two defense on most of their characters. And then you're putting yourself in a hole until you jump through these other hoops. So it, it could, there could be some windows early on where, where crosshairs just can't quite get loaded up and completely take over
1: i mean i don't think i don't think his ability to to move damage to a battlemaster will be relevant uh because i just don't think he'll i mean the only way i can see it being relevant is if you damage him for value through photon bomb or one shell stand because i just which wouldn't make much sense you would just put it right on the battlemaster. um mm-hmm. because i just don't see that he, I, I don't think you can expose him to damage in bot mode because he'll just die until you have him more suited up. So yeah, I just don't sure. know the way that the pattern will play out. But I think you basically have to play it so that you get to like, you know, five or six armor slash tough. Um, mm. every single combat that you can before you start flipping, and then I think like in that way, even if like they bashing shield, you still have like four armor, for example. Right. Um, you just make it too. Di- you just make it very difficult for them to deal with your armor and the innate armor you're gaining through the, the secondary battle master, which probably, you know, I mean, probably has to be two of them. Just be, you know, a utility one and a, and a, and a weapon one at this point.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking, so the, the move, depending on what his partners are, the damage move is possibly relevant only because as I started earlier, it's, your opponent's typically not going to want to punch the Battlemaster, so I could see this guy getting attacked if you're going second. But even then, your opponent is probably just going to look at the flip and go, well, that damage is going away. Alternatively, you could have, if you're running your own Photon Bomb sort of thing, you can put damage on him to move to the Battlemasters. I don't know if if that or and One Shell Stand are going to be necessary, or is that a little too much, or... Are we going to get other cards that do self-damage that would allow you to utilize it? I agree with you. That's probably the least important part of the the four main pieces of, well, the total four pieces of card text.
1: Yeah, I think you just gain that ability when you hunger down. So it's just something you have to do. So you right. do it.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you. I, I kinda wanna try this guy out. Like I'm I'm a sucker for tanks anyway, so I guess it's as good an excuse as any to utilize hunker down, because that's really the card I want to play. Yeah, two pronged
1: attack when you discard two cards out of your opponent's hand, which is powerful. So
0: Yeah, I'd I i got to see where if where this guy's leaning, presumably blue, or whether hunker down into rapid ascent matters or you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anything else for Sergeant Crosshairs? Nope. All right. We're making good time, people. Uh, Next up, we have Raider Hyperdrive. Uh, So he's a member of the Sports Car Patrol. He's a specialist. And he has the usual thing where he has stealth while untapped. He's a 360 for four stars. Now, over in bot mode, he is inspiring leadership. So you tap, discard a blue card, draw three cards, then scrap two from your hand. He's a three-six-one there. Micromasters up to this point have not really made a humongous splash. Do you feel that this guy's going to be making a different series of waves, Scott?
1: Not outside of whatever the Sports Car Patrol deck would be, I would imagine.
0: Which, to this point, we haven't gotten any other Lords other than Powertrain, unfortunately. uh a, there's still plenty of characters to go, but we haven't seen one for a sports car patrol yet, so it's I'm unclear on exactly what they want to do. Since they're the blue ones, I could see it being, they all get tough one, similar to how Powertrain grants bold one to the off-road patrol, but this is all just hypothetical at this point.
1: Yeah, we have to wait for that. I mean, Inspiring Leadership is a good ability, but I mean, I mean, Detour saw very, very little play. So, like, I mean, it's comparable to him with the pep talk ability. So, I would say right, unlikely to see play outside the sports car patrol.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I think I'm in the same boat. We don't really have much to go on at this stage. And uh, until we do, we're kind of stuck. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Any comments for limited for this guy? Just we have something? <laughs> like, I mean, yes, yeah, totally, totally playable for one another. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really ask that for the other ones, and I guess I should have brought it up, but uh, I feel Brunt and even Crosshairs are probably things that you're not going to be unhappy about seeing. Well, Brunt, we already discussed, you're not going to have both halves. Right. What about Crosshairs?
1: I mean, the Battle Masters are uncommon, so you'd have to pull a pretty good pool and then force yourself into playing one of them. I'm not sure. Mm hmm how, how good that's... Good. I mean, definitely the Move to damage ability is more relevant and limited than it will be constructed, in my opinion. So, like, it can definitely set up some powerful combinations when you're... if you're getting all that armor. Because, obviously, in a Siege limited format, the, the Bashing Shields won't exist, so it's even better for you. Right, right.
0: Uh, so, I guess we can move on there from, from Hyperdrive, because... I got, I got nothing else, Scott. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Sergeant Mirage who is, well, it, he has a little bit more going for him, I guess. Uh, he's a seven star car. He's ranged in both modes in alt mode. He's a three thirteen one. one. And when you flip to alt mode, you reveal the top card of your deck. If it's blue, draw two cards, otherwise draw a card. So you're, you're getting the card that you reveal at very least. Um, in bot mode he's 4131 and while you have a face down or face up secret action mirage has plus uh, excuse me has tough 2 not plus 2
1: yeah this guy's stats
0: are very powerful
1: um that he's ranged both modes um, he's very powerful seven drop he's extremely defensive as long as you're playing secret actions um Obviously, you have to be if you're playing him. Although his hit points are extremely high for a seven drop, regardless. Yes. Uh, Um, and his minimum draw card ability is essentially. I mean, without without playing secret actions, he's essentially the same exact build as as the starter Optimus Prime, with like except for not having the bold. Um, Right. But if you're playing secret actions, suddenly he and you're able to consistently get a secret action um on the field at least when he's tapped um and you're playing in even like a mix or a blue shell now suddenly that tough two becomes like a, i would think like a minimum of like it, even in a mixed deck a minimum of another another armor um so his stats become very good as like a four whatever 413 like essentially like two or three right minimum so um he's pretty powerful stat wise um mm and his ability to draw a card when he gets into alt mode and is a car. Um, I just don't know. I mean, certainly, like, this would have been a better 7-drop than Barrage in my General optimist deck, but I'm just not sure that we're in a world where, like, stats like this are what's relevant as opposed to, like, you know, abilities and things like that.
0: Do you picture him displacing so it, the hot rods of the world? I'm talking Sentinel hot rod, where it's they're both seven costs now hot rod doesn't require flipping, which is a cost to be concerned with as you're building and as your sequencing plays. Do you picture him displacing hot rod assuming there are secret actions and you're at a high enough quantity? No, because four ten two with
1: tough one is better than. For 13, one with tough two,
0: even if you have it. so you're the, flip pick- dens- the flip density is just too great by not having to flip the hot rod. I would agree. I'm playing, I don't want to say devil's advocate because that isn't <laughs> quite where I'm going with it, but just uh, trying to tease more information out. <laughs> um, so where, I mean, you talked a little bit, of what kind of shell are you trying to picture this guy's in? Obviously, aside from <laughs> the glaring thing of, Play lots of secret actions. Where where do you want him?
1: Um, defensive decks that have the stars because they are using that. I mean, we'll probably want this again. But you have to be playing like a. Hu- you don't have to be playing a huge amount of secret actions, or you have to change your attack order to where you only play this guy when you have one. Which means, I, I think you have to be playing like seven or eight secret actions minimum for this guy, or. Or a way to get them back consistently, and I just don't know that like that's what you want to be doing just to keep a seven drop alive. Right. So, I mean, there are some there are some ubiquitous secret actions, like especially like the tough three one that I, we talked about last time. So yes, like, I mean, I think any defensive deck will just want to be playing that, but I don't think that that's going to be a re like I mean, again, like he's probably if you're playing, I guess if you're playing like six or seven secret actions at minimum this is probably going to wind up being in a defensive deck for defensive purposes, your best seven drop you can play anyway. Mm. I just don't know. Like, again, like I guess it would compete with the hot rod. Um, so it might, it might just wind up being like for value to run him because, um, you're going to be getting this giant wall that you weren't otherwise getting. As long as your hands cooperate and you get the secret actions, I just have to figure out whether or not it's worth it compared to better options right when you don't when you don't
0: so see i'm anticipating that if we see more infiltrates more jam signals more so you would mention and this is kind of what spurred the thought that it's i believe it's hidden fortifications is the one we talked about That that is the secret action evasive maneuvers that you get tough three that's not i mean there are clearly scenarios where you would want that in conjunction with a bot mode mirage, but I'm anticipating that if he's supposed to be your wall character and he's supposed to be ensuring that he's pre- living long enough to protect your important ones, you don't want to invest the hidden fortifications on him. Clearly, the other character's more important, so you'd want to play it the turn that they're exposed. So you want the infiltrates, you want the other ones that are more utility. And I realize that infiltrate is you know going to be countering a, a reckless charge. Or something along those lines, but I I wanna see more of the the secret actions that do something else. Therefore you can have the greater quantity in your deck to ensure that this guy's getting a free reinforced plating while you're advancing the remainder of the game plan, if that makes sense.
1: I mean he's really good with hiding spot. You just hiding spot the other character and then he has tough two and exactly. else you put on him. So
0: Yeah. It comes down to the quantity of them. How many of those are you running that you can also simultaneously afford to just be playing those secret actions? Right. So he's definitely interesting. I have to assume that the flip, like you said, is mostly going to be not be irrelevant, but it's not going to be a pivotal part of the game plan for Mirage most of the time. I just only usually have time to flip your seven drop back and forth to where it's going to be relevant. I would agree. Uh, It it would definitely be a strange set of circumstances for that to be true, but uh, I guess that kind of does it for Mirage. Anything else you want to throw in for him? Yeah, he's solid. Then we'll move on from Sergeant Mirage into Sergeant Six-Gun, who is our other weaponizer for the set. Uh the the Autobots have gotten some some interesting ones. So, Six-Gun, definitely, and at least for me, I, and you chime in, Scott, at least for me, it didn't do Brunt any favors when I read Six-Gun. Yeah, um, I, I definitely, my attention and my focus definitely was drawn to Sergeant Six-Gun over Brunt, uh, because I don't know if it's just he's more splashy, but all of his effects jumped out at me more than than brunt's did was it the same for you or are you you uh, kind of even on both of them i don't compare cards across like because
1: they each have their own purpose
0: well yes scott you you take all <laughs> the fun out of everything come on <laughs> uh, so anyway we'll we'll get into what six gun actually does so he's ranged he's a four ten one, one and when he attacks you can scrap a weapon from your hand that has plus uh, that actually has an attack value in its stat box. If you do six gun gets that much attack this turn. So you pitch say an erratic lightning, he gets plus 3. Uh then he splits into two different weapons. The first one is a three attack and this can be in the armor or utility slot. Uh usual thing where if it goes away it dies. And then the other one is only plus 1 and it grants pierce 4 but it has to go in your weapon slot. So you're if you load it up on the same guy, he's plus four attack, pierce four. I don't think you're going to end up loading it up on the same guy since you can split these up, but you never know. So let me pitch it to you, Scott. Tell us why six gun is good, bad, or indifferent.
1: Uh, because you get a giant boost on turn one. Right. By attacking, by attacking with him. I mean, this guy pretty much... I mean, in my opinion... I think this character alone makes it extremely dangerous to run Insecticons in a Siege 2 meta, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just... Even as a 3... Like, this guy... This is your example of the 3-wide deck being able to compete with the 4-wide deck because you're... Half the time when you go first, assuming you have a hand that's like contains pretty much any weapon, um, you're going to be doing a large chunk of damage, probably, like, a minimum of, like, you know, if you're an orange deck, like, a minimum of, like, nine type, nine damage to something, and that's just going to leave... There's a lot of characters that just outright just die to that without anything on them. Right. And this is on turn one, when you're going first, where you can attack wherever you want. Um, or at least puts them vulnerable enough where they're going to just die to any kind of direct damage that you play uh, from that point forward. So, like, that character is essentially, like... That character's basically just dead. I mean, like, there's no, yeah. like, they can't attack with them because then you're just going to be in the same situation you were just in. You're just going to burn it off the field and then attack wherever you want again. And they can't, if they choose not to attack with it, attack with somebody else to, quote, protect it, you're just going to burn it later. So Yeah, like, you'll that steal the attack
0: later in the cycle.
1: Yeah. So the character, that character is basically just dead. Like, just no doubt about it. Like, as long as you... So, he's similar to the Omnibot weapon in, guy in a way. Right. Um... But just has even more value because he's not like a he's not as bad going second, for example um because he's still just you know essentially like he's still a weaponizer battlemaster, whatever you want to call it. Um, i I just i think as a character, like the character ability before he becomes the upgrades is just it's an extremely powerful effect that to me is like, Almost meta defining because he just does so much damage on turn one to these, these you know, aggro mirror type things that it's just, it's a lot of damage that you could potentially deal. And I'm not even talking about, like, you know, obviously the grenade launcher scenario. Um, of course. But, like, just, I mean, every weapon you're playing should be at least plus three. Right. So, as long as you draw one and there's going to be, and there's more of them now. Um, I mean, this is, again, is another card that makes the power punches of the world see less play than they should mm-hmm. already be seeing, uh, for example. So, again, you're you're slanted more towards the Ironhide Blaster, the erratic Lightning, the, the Grenade Watcher scenarios. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, it, it, that ability is just extremely powerful and, and game-changing because of just how much damage you can do on turn one. Um, in terms of the upgrades, uh, like th- the plus three is obviously really good. You can put it in either slot. Um, I think you probably will put these both in the same character, unless the character you're playing also has a signature weapon that you would want to be using on them. Because that's fair. I don't. The, the The weapon is horrible. The weapon just doesn't do anything. Like plus one attack and pierce four. Oh, like, that weapon. Would, yeah, yeah. The weapon part of it um just doesn't right. really do anything. So you can easily like he like as upgrades he's way worse than the run um that's which is part of the issue the only one that's relevant is the plus three essentially mounted missile um which is really good uh but the the other part of it like is just bad like it, it doesn't do anything
0: well um, yeah it's a grenade launcher split across two slots but i mean plus fours out of weapons pretty good so <laughs> i i agree with you if they're either an existing weapon or, you know, some other weird scenario. I I agree that the Pierce 4, who cares? But it's still plus 4 on a guy.
1: Uh, Yeah, if you put them both the same guy. I just think the plus 3 is really good. Um, It's probably going to go in the utility slot, like, mm-hmm. especially in, like, mixed pip decks and things like that. Um, So, I mean, it's just extra added bonus that you're getting to something, but... I think this character is very powerful in the character mode. Um, Absolutely. What's he a uh, four nine one or is it four zero? ten one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he's not. He, he's a little bit more survivable than your like fire drives, lioners. I think it's, yeah. He's a little bit more survivable than um than lionizer, for example, and and definitely more than fire drive. Right. Um. So, I mean, he's not. I just think he easily should be able to take a character with him, which you can't always say for every Battlemaster. Right. So that's absolutely true. That's why I think he's just really powerful.
0: Yeah. The, when I first read it, it was, I mean, from playing a lot of Blaster, it was the effectively free action you get on turn zero, which I know you explain the scenarios, whether it's bugs or other aggressive decks, but even against blue stuff if you he lives to the to the wheel now it's play a weapon on him play an action on him discard a weapon to him again that's assuming that's a lot of cards but let's say you hit Christmas land and then you can get really big with him and that's on top of the turn zero scenario it he just does a lot and he's a he is very very threatening
1: i think against defensive decks you won't attack with him. Because right again again the 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 upgrade sides of him are, are not as good although the Pierce Ford does come into play then, um but but the, you you would want to set up the scenario of play the weapon play the action pitch the weapon to him all at once so that you're gaining this massive attack mm-hmm. against a defensive deck but he so he has play against both sides like against a defensive deck you want to he can get to. You know, we'll just, we'll just say it's realistic and say, like, 13 before you start flipping. Right. Uh, like, a you know, put a 3-cost weapon on him, pitch a 3-cost, you know, three da- put a 3-damage weapon on him, pitch a 3-damage weapon, and then get some plus 3 or better action. So you're at 13 before flipping. Again, I won't use, like, you know, multiple grenades, launcher scenarios, or, and reckless charge, like, ridiculousness to get the 16, but it is technically possible. Right. Um, mind is any bonuses getting from other characters. or or anything else. So, like, you can set up that against defensive decks, you know, like a 13-plus off on an attack, which they can't block all that. Um, And then against aggressive decks, you can just pitch the weapons immediately and then potentially kill a guy on on one. Yep. So I think he has play against both sides.
0: Yeah, Six-Gun is... He seems pretty strong on the surface, <laughs> I think is is the simplest way to phrase it, and I'm expecting to see a lot of him. I'm I'm very curious the is he when he becomes the double weapons, is it strictly gonna be okay, I have a build your own grenade launcher or is he gonna get split up or what scenarios shape in that fashion just from a curiosity's sake? Yeah, I think it just depends on who his partners are with. Exactly, yeah. That. That's why I'm, I'm very curious what that's going to look like in a, the not-too-distant future, we'll say. Uh, Anything else for Six-Gun or other weaponizer for this set? Nope, they're really good. Yeah, Six-Gun, I'm expecting to see a lot of him. So we're going to round out the character section. Again, everybody, check out the uh, Battle Card episode after this one. But uh, we're talking at the end of this one, this episode about private turbo board who might have the most ridiculous name of any transformer. And there are some yeah. ridiculous ones. This, this one is, uh, is out there. So he's the Autobot utility Battlemaster. He's a specialist in bot mode. He's a two zero and your opponent can't play more than two cards during their turn. Uh, He's seven stars, if I didn't say that already. Uh, On the other side, the Anti-Gravity Turbo Pack. It gives plus one, plus one, one attack, one defense. And when the upgraded character attacks and you flip at least orange-blue, after the battle, you may play one of the orange or blue cards that you flip. Uh, aside from this guy making an appearance in various Marvel movies, and I saw a bunch of people on Twitter talking about prehistoric animals that he may or may not be related to, what do you got for us on this guy, Scott?
1: This guy's really expensive for basically doing nothing in bot mode.
0: Yeah, I I mean, there are decks that do a whole lot of things in, uh, in one turn. I haven't seen any of those in a while.
1: I, I I just don't think you can give up 7 stars to to get a two twelve zero that becomes an upgrade that you have to then work to make that work. I, I, of course, there's easy scenarios to make it work, which is like, I just have Bold, and I'm playing a mixed pip deck. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, you're not really... It's still
0: work. Like, it's effort you got to put in. It's not just trivial to to both get this guy in that mode. And then, are you even getting anything? Because if you, okay, you flip, I guess if you flip, say, Rollout or Matrix, then you could, and any, whatever the other cards don't matter because then you can just play them because you met the condition. But I don't know. Yeah, I think that I don't like those scenarios at all. Like, I don't like rollout matrix.
1: I don't like it for the Optimus either. It's the same exact thing as the yeah the, the Galaxy Optimus thing. Like, I just don't like those options at all because I don't want one of those two cards to be the one that I'm playing, and I don't want to have to rely on it being the secondary card that I just get to play. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if I'm like you know incoming transmissioning or secret dealings or something like that. Like, I I, I just don't like those scenarios. Um, I think the the safest way to just play this guy is just to with with a with a bold shell, um, or like, yeah. you know, superchargers and things like that for value. But the problem just becomes um I mean you're either playing a mixed pip deck or you're playing you know, a couple off color pips like, you know, starter engines and things like that, like at least like a decent amount of them or like whatever mathematically will will get you there based on the amount of bold you can gain if you're using somebody like Wheeljack and and, and supercharged and things like that. I just don't know how powerful like, what, what people don't understand is, like, you can't just, like, play a reckless charge off this. It won't do anything. You can't just, like, play... So, like, what are you playing... What's the best thing you can play off this in isolation? The ones I can think of are marksmanship. Yeah. I am, um, like, armors.
0: Yeah, the fact that um, you have to do it after battle definitely constricts the available pool
1: right, for quote-unquote not- good
0: things this
1: is not battlefield legend like you're not gaining like you can't it can't be any combat enhancing card offensively at all so if you're playing any kind of aggressive deck or i I guess you could call it any kind of like normal deck because i don't i I can't i can't think of a single deck that isn't playing like some type of combat action like um you know you can't play the only direct damage you could play for no breath or marksmanship um, like I said, you can play armor. You can
0: play zap. Let's not get excited. Come on.
1: <laughs> you can play zap or, or under.
0: Yeah, you got all sure. the all the zap effects. Well, there's right. a lot of them.
1: <laughs> um. So I mean, that's the issue. Is like I I just don't know. You can't. Like I mean, yeah, you can get a card draw effect out of
0: this, but like I don't know that that's worth. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a lot of work for. Not a whole lot. Uh, I guess. So, here's the the only other piece that I'll throw in there, and this is a spoiler for the next episode. There are some battle cards that maybe this is intended to be that sideboard hoser character to exist yeah, for. Yeah, that,
1: that's fair. I mean, but I don't know. Like, there there's other answers to that through the battle card decks that I would rather play. I just don't think that's Yes, tw-
2: yes. Yeah.
1: I don't think of a two twelve zero specialist is where you want to be with this card. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's too many stars. Like, if this, like, I think you compare this to the, I always forget his name, the bird. Like, Sights?
0: You're talking yeah. a Decepticon version of this?
1: I, I guess so. Like, I mean, that, that one costs six and is infinitely mm. better than this, in my opinion. Like, I just don't think- <laughs> Yes, I, don't, I would if, agree. <laughs> I just don't think playing the card, again, outside of marksmanship, armed hovercraft, Mm-hmm uh, like, any of these direct damage things that I can think of, like, is going to have a significant, or I guess, I guess just playing in armor, like, it's just a lot of stars to invest, I mean, yeah, the plus one, plus one is nice, it's just, to me, it's just a lot of stars to invest in the character that, like, like, it, like, are you really going to want to piece through tyranny this guy, like, are you really gaining anything by this guy, like?
0: yeah, I'm... You know, I I guess being a battlemaster that should have crossed my mind, but to be perfectly honest, like that never even entered my mind for this guy. Right. It, it, which is I guess very telling to some extent. Yeah, I'm not I'm not super excited about this guy uh, like at all, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I'm willing to I'm willing to be wrong.
1: I just don't see a lot of on-color effects right now that are yeah. Like, sure, can you get a free secret action? Like, you, can, you will get value. You have... I mean, don't... I mean, like, you'll well, get a
0: free you, card play, but You might. Like, you you have to... Because there's that, that cost of trying to go into Mixed Pip. Yes, bold or whatever to try and ensure that it happens. But now you're... Depending on what you're utilizing, say, it, if it's General Optimist, that's one thing. If you have to actively play supercharge to get this ha to happen on top of now having the supercharge be inherently neutered because you need to have the blue pips. It it the hurdles are not necessarily fifty feet high, but there's a lot of them.
1: Yeah the the post-battle clause just leads me to believe that this has to be in a defensive deck because if you're going to play an offensive deck, just play some battle master that becomes a plus three or better weapon. Yeah. there's So well,
0: I think the utility if, ones, yeah, definitely want to be in a more defensive shell.
1: And I just don't think, I don't think in this game you can, I don't know, like bury your opponent in a mountain of card advantage for lack of a better term, which is what this guy's going to, this guy's going to try to create incremental value, but it's going to require you to play cards to get that incremental value. So I, yeah. I just don't think you're actually like, it's almost like a, it's not two steps forward one step back. It's like two steps forward like you're not going anywhere. Like you're like I guess you're like two steps forward only one step back so like you're you're slowly gaining advantage but it might not be like enough in any one given turn once he's once he's even attached.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Uh I guess the only other thing I'd add is this this guy reminds me of Trypticon from War for Cybertron. The reason I say that is lore-wise so you Trypticon's the f- spoiler alert for a game that's very old now. Uh, <laughs> Trypticon is the the final boss of the Autobot mission. So when you beat him, uh, in the follow-up game, Fall of Cybertron, Megatron has the Decepticons go recover his body, and it's presumed that he's either dead or in a coma or something like that. And Megatron has a line that effectively amounts to, Trypticon, this is not a rescue mission, I don't care if you're alive or dead. And then he turn has Shockwave turn him into the nemesis like their their actual ship and it for some reason this reminds me where this guy is <laughs> because it when they switch the art over to the utility mode and he turns into the this the space surfboard uh it just reminds me of that of like are hey autobots are you are you being good guys or not because is that guy actually dead is he just paralyzed what what's wrong with you
1: yeah, it's definitely weird. I know that P I know people were in Prime most excited because he's got like a really deep cut in the character. I think that's why people really like him. So.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that. Or maybe everybody's excited like you were because it's uh somewhat of a Marvel shout out, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems that way to me.
0: Yeah. Um but anyway, anything else for Private Turbo Board? <laughs> this is gonna be up there with the with the various patrols where I'm just gonna laugh every time I see him. No, I mean I'm
1: willing to be wrong. I just he really does that much.
0: Yeah, I and I'm in the same boat as you. It it is a powerful ability, getting things for quote unquote free, but there there's no such thing as free. I guess <laughs> you you gotta jump through some hoops to make this guy work.
1: Yeah, if you go back and listen to what we said about the new Optimus, where I basically said you should just focus on the fact that he has three utility slots and don't even worry. Like just treat. This ability essentially, which worse, of course, because it's only for upgrades, and right? Like right. a bonus. Like I don't want to. I wouldn't want to build my deck around that bonus, and I don't want to build my deck around this bonus either. So,
0: yeah, I mean, we are the quantity of cards that would meet the criteria is obviously growing as we get more sets. But I mean, I don't anticipate we're going to see more rollouts or matrixes, matrices, matrices. Whatever. Oh no, we don't know, uh,
1: we know we're yeah, we don't know. We're not.
0: So we're if we're not, that means you have to get star cards to really make it quote unquote easier. And then that means that now this guy's an eight, nine, ten star character that gets ugly very quickly. Yeah, the fact that you
1: to play the play the card after battle just kills it in my
0: Yeah. Well, Rather than go in circles about that, because I think we agree on this guy, Uh, any thoughts on the characters as a whole? Any other ideas for or thoughts about the PPG announcement or anything else before we close up shop, Scott?
1: No, just waiting for more.
0: Yep. We're definitely very excited. It's that season, that time of year. And we're, uh, like I said earlier, definitely stay tuned for the battle card Half of <laughs> of this episode uh, that will be coming out shortly thereafter. Uh, as always, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for watching, and please tune in next time for more tech talk. Dan here from vector VectorSigma.info. We wanted to take this moment to thank all of our patrons for believing in the service we're providing. If you're not yet a member of a Patreon, feel free to click on the link for other podcasts like
2: this one, or verse videos, or any of the other great content that we provide on our YouTube channel. Thanks, guys.